cartridge blowers out there this is n64 life with myself cliff foster aka the amazing cliff on the old twitter your guide through the world's greatest computer game console of all time the nintendo 64 and welcome to our i would say our main run because the last episode was more of a catch-up of what happened in 2021 now we're into it and we're kickstarting 2022 with a battle for Jinjos. But we'll go into that in a minute because we have some announcements. And if you did not know already, you can come and join me on Twitch every Friday, every Sunday between 8.30 and 11. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time at the moment. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, come and join me as I play loads of games like... Scooby-Doo, yay, and uh, a a uh, um, a Japanese exclusive fishing RPG this week, yay! And uh, on the Sunday we'll be playing Sin and Punishment. So come come and join me, come and join me. It's a good laugh, it's a good laugh. Uh, and these guys love to see me play a game I really hate. And guess what? I really don't like Scooby-Doo. But we'll save that for a podcast at some point, shall we? Anyway, um, if you do come and join us in the chat, you can claim yourself some lovely chat points. And once you've earned a lot of chat points, you can claim a bloody shout-out, don't you know, on this very podcast. Yes, this very thing that you're listening to. You can claim a lovely shout-out. So, a shout-out this podcast to Phil, a.k.a. Uh, Agent 616... We have Sean. He has he has a Twitch stream. Sean Dunn. So, seen Dune. Seen Dune. Uh, we have now and then 64, a uh, friend of the podcast, Martin. Uh, he's got a shout-out this time around, even though he's been on a podcast. He doesn't need shout-out. Uh, we've got Pink Lithium, a.k.a. Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Uh, she's on the... She's got a love shout for a lovely little shout-out as well. We've got Neil. Neil's on board. We've got Adam Warrington, a.k.a. ACA. Welcome aboard, my friend. And then we've got super sexy Dave Fisher. Hello. Hello. And actually, between this recording and the last, I went to UCP Live. And lots of those names I got to meet in person, which was lovely. Actually, no, looking at those names, only one of them. <laughs> I built that so well. Anyway, no, but UC, UCP Live was absolutely bloody wonderful. Um, if you're ever in Croydon, uh, it's a really good place to go retro uh, gaming shopping. They've actually got retro gaming shops, which I got a bit excited with, because all I tend to get in Winchester is a CEX. So, yeah, I got a bit excited, got a bit giddy. Um, and Play Nation, um, the absolutely brilliant store next to the Heart of Gaming, which is another place I'd recommend. Um, really, really good. Really friendly members of staff as well. Um, I do like to walk into a place, and even though I don't collect nowadays, I would say I would get that um, Games Workshop feel where you walk in and the person there isn't working there. They're sort of 
that they're there because they want to be as well. And that's how I got that feeling with Play Nation. Um, it was very much that sort of place that, yeah, it felt like the people wanted to be there. So if you are in Croydon, go and check them out. And also Heart of Gaming as well. Brilliant little place. Um, I did so many cool things there, like I played Dakota, uh, sorry, Daytona. <laughs> Yes, this might be an N64 podcast, but you guys get it as well. I got played Daytona USA. I played um, me and Misha, who's a friend of the podcast. We played a bit of Die Hard Arcade. Um, what else did I play? Um, I played a lot of Smash Brothers and uh, deliberately tried to knock off new... No, no let's, phrasing, phrasing. I tried to beat off... I mean, phrasing, phrasing... I, I I hit about Luke Owen a bit. That still sounds wrong. Still sounds wrong. And loads of you listening as well. And uh, I didn't... I don't think I... Uh, no, I won one round, I believe. I won one round, which is better than sometimes I can play that game. So that was pretty cool. Um, Yeah, so if you're ever in Croydon, go and give it a go. Oh, another thing I did... And that was with Jason from uh, What's Wrong With Wolfie uh, podcast, which I've been on before. If you haven't checked them out already, go and do so. We sat there having this lovely catch-up as I tried to speedrun um, the opening and the Deku tree from Ocarina of Time. Because you can go and play classic consoles there, and they've got an EverDrive that you can select any game. So you literally, they've got an EverDrive with every single game on. Me being me, I was like, I'm going to play a bit of Ocarina of Time. <laughs> Which is quite fun, actually. I enjoyed it. It was lovely. Bloody lovely. Anyway. But no, go and go there. If you've been cried in Croydon area, go and do it. Um, As I mentioned before in the shout-outs, now and then 64. Now, they have, or what Martin has, set up Little Championship. Now, it's going to be... On the 12th of March. And it's going to be the Mario Kart 8 Invitational. And, first time I've done this on this podcast, breaking news. I will be competing in the Invitational. I say competing, crashing. I can't see me getting very far, but hey-ho, it's going to be fun. So I'll give you loads of shout-outs before, but Saturday, 12th of March. Put it in your diaries. It's going to be huge. Anyway, should we go to today's podcast? Because we have... I thought... Now, to to sell this, and it it needs selling, because, I mean, I thought that this was just going to be a simple... Play the games, tell you what I thought, tell you a bit of history, and yeah, this was so much fun to um, uh, to uh, actually go and investigate. To the point of, I was going to, to break the fourth wall, I, I was going to record yesterday, and was investigating so much, I actually pushed it to today, which is Thursday, so you might be listening to this on the Friday. So I was meant to just be editing today. But I'm actually recording because I was having too much fun investigating. And I think I, I, I've i only just scratched the surface. So 
it's definitely something I would love to look into a bit more in depth later. But it's going to see these two games battling off. Extreme G. Yes. Space bikes. Space bikes racing each other. And it will be facing off against the game it was created to compete against. Wipeout 64. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a time for the battle for Jinjos. You know what's coming next. Let's do this. So here we go. New Year, first battle for Jinjos. And this might be someone's first time. So guess what, ladies and gents? I'm gonna run through the rules. So this is a battle for Jinjos. Both of these games will be competing in five categories. The first one being storyline. The second one being gameplay. The third being graphics and sound. The fourth being what the critics thought and then this is the most important one what you guys thought because at the, i say a week before i did it a day before because i realized i'd messed up again and forgot to put up the poll last week but a day, week before we'll say it's a week before uh we, we usually you'll go onto the twitter account n64 life podcast and you will see a lovely poll up and if there is a battle for Jinjos, you get to choose on which game's going to win. And you've got a little area that you can comment and you can tell me stuff. And, you know, you can get your opinions across on the game. You know, you can appear in this podcast by the medium of me. So I'm going to be like some form of person speaking to medium in fact um <laughs> person speaking to ghosts and uh yeah you will channel your voices through me uh in in a southern western accent uh which isn't quite west country not quite east it's yeah hampshire's a lovely mix of both but you you'll speak through me yeah that's what happened anyway Let's start with this storyline. Extreme G released in North America on October 25th, 1997. In Europe on December 9th, 1997. And in Japan, now this is a very rare occurrence, on the 29th of May, 1998. Now, as I said, it's a rare occurrence because usually games will appear... At last in the power region. Usually because, you know, it's, it's all you need is to translate it from uh, Japanese to uh, North American. Yet, it's a completely different system to release it over in power. So, you rarely get it that yeah, Japan get it before the power region. And it was published by Acclaim and developed by Probe Software. Or what was known as Acclaim Studios London. Um, so Probe Software was uh, founded 
back in 1984 by Fergus McGover and Vakis. Uh, here we go. Paraskevia. 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 We're going to go for that. Uh, based out in Croydon. Look at that. This, this, there's a theme run into this bloody podcast, isn't there? Um, but they were well known for other sort of releases. Not huge acclaim releases, but... And they, they sort of did have their hand into other games, but... Revolt, Forsaken, uh, Armourines, um, Primal Rage. They sort of played a part to the Mortal Kombat series uh, when it first launched. You know, I, I think that, yeah, they were a smallish studio, but I think that, you know, Extreme G was their their big game. Uh, it, you know, if we're going to go into what happened after the N64, it carried on for a little bit after the N64, but, um, yeah, it, it outlasted Probe themselves. Um, it was it was created, the game, as the N64's equivalent to Wipeout, which was a game that had been kicking around since 1995 on the PlayStation and was that cool racer with, you know, cool bands and music and artists on there doing the music and... Yeah, and a fast game, a really supersonic fast game, which it grown such a cult following. So Acclaim being the the Nintendo darlings that they were, um, they were part of that group. Don't worry, we've got a whole podcast coming on Acclaim, Rare, and um, DMA Design. Um, it, it, they are that, that group, aren't they? They're that group that were allowed to muck about with the uh, silicon graphics, um, you know, systems before anyone else got to. So I think that they were given such a massive monumental challenge because I, I think if you look at it, why would the Nintendo system ever have a wipeout? Because that's owned by Sony. You you need some form of publishing company to randomly sell the rights to the game. Um, to Nintendo, wow, we we got it. We are opening up a hell of a lot with the next game we're going to be talking about. But you know, at the end of the day, Nintendo needed something, it needed that cool racing game, not a kart game, but a cool racing game for this system. Um, and that's what what we got. You know, we're going to actually what the game was in the gameplay, but. It, it, it was the working title for this game was Ultimate Racer, and I think it did deliver. At the end of the day, it, it's it's got that feel, hasn't it? It's got that spacey feel. It's it feels like Wipeout. It feels like Wipeout in so many ways. So storylines. Now, I've always said I love it when a racer has a storyline. I do. I love it that people give meaning behind this. Now, as we've had with F Zero X in the past. Uh, when we we reviewed that um, end of 2020, we did that and uh, episode one racer. Now, obviously, with those games, they're set in the future, quite like these two are. So, it's quite nice to find a storyline. Now, with F Zero X, I had to look back at F Zero, but obviously, this is the first game that we have of Extreme G. So it was nice that I could find a storyline. Oh, it's nothing worse than when I come to find a ruddy storyline and there's nothing there. Uh, so the plot, Extreme G is set in the distant future where Earth is reduced to a wasteland. 
from their newfound planet. The human colonists watch their remote control bikes. Wait, wait. So, so they're remote controlled. So technically, this is just micro machines, isn't it? So you're not actually in the bikes. They're remote controlled. Which means they're sat on this lovely planet going, Oh, we killed Earth and everything. Good thing we left those f***ing bikes behind. Well, no, actually, they could have gone and delivered the bikes, I suppose. It's a bit of, you know, maybe why the Earth died. Why did the Earth die? Because we kept delivering s*** via space. Yes, Action Man, I'm looking at you. If you get that, then you're awesome. If you don't get it, go and listen to Deca uh, watch Decadane. Uh, the real Decadane on the old Twitch on a Monday. Go and do so, because then you'll get it. Um, Autocue man, you died. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, basically they've got remote controlled bikes to wreak havoc through the ancient cities and fight their way to determine which race racer manages to qualify. Qualify? Really? Just qualify. Literally... This is the plot to qualify. Qualify for what? Did they? What did they win? Is this? Did they win the championship? Just qualify. Just qu qualify. Not saying what qualifying for. You qual. It, it, it sounds like. To be honest, this sounds like a racing version of Robot Wars. <laughs> Does it not? Don't you think? It's, it's not really any jeopardy there, is it? Because if you crash, you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, I brought me machine. Come on. If you're playing a computer game, you want jeopardy. You want to feel like if you're going to fall off the circuit, you're falling off that circuit. Not the basis of, well, actually, I'm sat. Uh, technically, you're doing what they're doing. You are literally doing what they're doing. You're sat there with a controller and you're controlling the remote control bike on a different planet that is literally you're playing a computer game of someone playing a computer game is it only me that sees this is this not i don't i don't get it why, why? You had so much... We're going to talk about, you know, adding lore to things in a minute. Spoilers. But I mean, like, you could have done so much with that. Look, I know F0X jumped the shark a bit to say that corporation, space corporations created... Looked at Formula One, went, that's a bloody good idea, and created their own version of Formula One. L at least that's... At least that's saying that they looked at sport and went, that's great. We looked at eSport. These guys looked at eSport and went, yeah, we're going to do that. But, but the thing is, you didn't even need to do that physically. Why have an actual physical remote control car? You could just have eSports. <sighs> I'm all right. <laughs> well, let's go through these remote control cars you can select. Because every single one... Now, the, the good thing, right, 
we're gonna we're gonna go into gameplay in a minute but because obviously these are races we we add the characters into these parts to flesh out this bit so this bit's not five minutes long um <laughs> so so let's go into some of these races because you you do spend a lot of time trying to figure out which one best suits you because they're all really really different now this is a massive plus to this game is that you can play this game so many different ways so first of all on the way of ways ways we've got rays rays like r-a-z-e a a a uh, but he's he's f all about acceleration this one but all about the top speed and then we got rana who's the tank busting weapon stats statting genius with huge weapon stats so that means you get to just shoot everyone down. And we'll go into more about the shooting down in the old gameplay. And then we've got... John! That popped. <laughs> That's going to have to come out in the edit. <laughs> Tip to anybody recording a podcast. If you're going to shout, you lean your head back. Why did I just shout into the mic? <laughs> 11 decibels over. I'm sure it was, computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. I'll add some effects to it. We'll never know. Anyway, John, uh, able to reach uh, the finish uh, before anyone else because he has all of the acceleration. Um, top speed, not so much, but hey. And then we've got taking a break, defending those Happy Meals. We've got, you know, helping out old Ronald McDonald, um, stopping Dominic Diamond doing season three. We've got Grimace. We've got Grimace. If you didn't know who Grimace was, he's the big purple alien, purple and green alien of the, uh, the McDonald's happy meal world i don't think by law they could have these characters anymore but if you remember if you're a kid of the 80s 70s 80s or 90s you will know who i mean he's a big purple dude and the funny thing is is that this vehicle is purple as well i think they knew what they were doing <laughs> somebody knew somebody knew when the name grimace came up exactly what they were doing uh, he, he's fast grimaces but um but absolutely shocking on the old cornering. Then we got Mooga. It's like Aruga from um, Ghost, uh, from uh, Gladiators a bit, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit John fashioning. Um, anyway, slow and sturdy wins the race because his shield is massive. Um, we got Jolt, who's all about the racing. So getting no weapon stats whatsoever. It is literally just put your head down and go as quickly as you can. And then we got Main, who's racing and weapons, uh, nothing that they can't do except taking damage because they have no shielding whatsoever. So it's fine to give out, but to receive, he don't do. And then we've got Apollyon, um, who's nimble and unapologetic. Apollyon, unapologetic. Okay. And then you've got two unlockable characters in Neon and Roach as well. So you've got a really nice amount of characters here. And we'll go into the circuits as well. Now, before I do any of that, 
This is only an eight megabit card. This is this is right at the beginning of the N64's lifespan. Just keep reminding yourself this. Now we did we did Resident Evil 2. It was a 64 bit megabit card. This is an 8 megabit. So may I keep reminding you of this because it's gonna be really, really important all the way through this. It's the size of that cart. And possibly the compression that happened with both of these games. But Let's go on to Wipeout 64. So, Wipeout 64, released in North America on November 3rd, 1998, in Europe on May 2nd, 1999, and guess what, ladies and gentlemen? No Japanese release. It's almost like they didn't want their parent company to know what they had done. <laughs> but will that affect the sales numbers at the end? Because, as you know, the N64 was a better seller in the, in the Japanese market than it was in the Western market. So, usually, if we take out the, uh, the Japanese market, we notice smaller numbers. So, will we see the same here? Now, this is really important. It was published by Midway. Um, Midway had a very good relationship with the Nintendo at this point, but this is where things get weird. Now, if you know Wipeout, you'll know it's made uh, or developed by a little company called Psygnosis. Psygnosis. Now, they're owned by PlayStation. They're owned by Sony. And they had been since 1995, I believe. So this is, uh, it's, uh, it's a weird one because Sony is developing a game for the Nintendo 64. Now, before we go into this game, um, I, 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 this got me really thinking because at the end of the day, you've got Sony who was still a bit hurt with the whole um, Philips CDI uh, debacle with them and Sony, uh, sorry, them and Nintendo. Yeah, it, it's, and then they tried to get involved with Sega as well at some point. You know, with uh, it, it could have, it could have been so much different, and they couldn't. Not, there might not be the Sony juggernaut that we know now. Um, it could be that very much that they were working alongside um, the uh, Nintendo or Sega even to this day, or maybe one of the parties would have bought the other party out. So it's a, it's a bit of a weird one for me because you look at Sony and you go, well, why, why would they want to work with Nintendo? So it, basically I was reading into it a bit and what happened was, was that, it, it was basically Midway obtained the distribution rights for the game. And it was going to be a sequel to the previous Wipeout, which was Wipeout uh, 2097. And it was going to be literally the unique name of Wipeout 2098. No joke. Like, it's almost like seasons. You're playing the seasons going through. 
Um, that's what it was. the original idea was going to be, but then it came out for the N64. Now, the great thing about this game is that it, even though that they had had the two previous games out for the PlayStation, out for the Saturn, you, you'd think that this was a going to be a, just a port of one of those games. But good news, everyone, it wasn't. This was basically what they did was they, they cleverly took the the game of Wipeout to 2097 and designed uh, the tweaks and basically created new tracks and completely new feel to it. So it was a new game. At the end of the day, yes, they used that as the basis, but this was a completely new game. And uh, and Andrew Satterwaite um, uh, said uh, he was the um, senior, um, senior um, producer on the game, uh, said it was not a port because of these changes. Now, that's really, really, it's, it's good, you know, that we aren't just getting a direct port here. And we might see that actually in the gameplay with how it works. Because reports were coming out at the time that they really liked the idea of the N64 controller. Because you've got to remember that they were just dealing with the D-pad of the Saturn and the D-pad of the PlayStation controller. You know, so to have... This joystick, which we know already the percentage of N64 games that were racers, there's a good reason because racers really work with this console. First person shooters really work with this console. Platformers, ah, hit and miss. Um, anyway, um, but it was great because, yeah, no, they, they got to fully go for this game. And uh, it, it's, 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 it's one of these great things is that with Sony, as I said, you, you had you had a psychosis, which is uh, they've known for lemmings. They were known for games like Shadow of the Beast before. And I really I thought to myself, were there any other games after this? Because obviously a connection had been made between the two companies. And I, I'm a firm believer that it, it, you know, to have console exclusives, it helps sell consoles, but it makes no monetary sense to release a game just solely on one format, unless you are Nintendo and you will continue to make money off those games for 400 years as the sell-on value just increases and increases and increases. As soon as you stick Zelda on anything, it just makes it the most expensive game going. I'm, so, I'm, I'm not bitter about this. Anyway, but no, it doesn't, for most franchises, to, you know, if you, it's just a basic franchise. To release it across all uh, systems is the best idea because you will make the most amount of money. So, I read into it. And all I read was that there was a game called ODT. Escape or die trying. Signosis presents the biggest adventure of your life. Julia the Chase, Mike Hawkins, and also featuring Solar and Max Havoc. The stunning action adventure from Signosis. It says on Wikipedia that it was had an N64 launch. So I went into the N64 anthology. If you haven't bought it, you can get it from Smith's. Really good book. Went in there. Not a release game. Went into the cancel games. It's there in the cancel games. So I did a bit of digging. I was like, well, I've never heard of ODT. Um, basically, 
uh, the lucky thing was was i found that it was pretty much completed so you have a full working title on the n64 it just never was released because the game itself because this is a, this is a direct port over across from the playstation and pc version but the game itself didn't get have great reviews it didn't sell very well so it, they decided to pull the trigger on it because the, the thing is is that it's not cheap to produce a game on a cut and i'm sure that midway would not want to spend that money if they had the distribution rights i didn't actually look into that that they wouldn't want to spend that money on all of that flipping carts if it wasn't gonna sell because it's proven that it wasn't gonna sell you know ign was scoring it 5.6 out of 10 um it, it, and i've played it the great thing is is there's working model out there you can get the rom from uh, online uh so i downloaded the rom and uh played it for about a uh, half an hour um it's a it's it's a sort of platformer shooter uh, set in a sort of dystopian world uh where you're sort of running around shooting like dinosaur-esque animals as well as having your own crew and it, it's the the graphics themselves you've got sort of it's black everywhere and so sort of as you come into view so do buildings which you've we've seen on other games but they've been able to shadow it a bit better like we've spidey uh spider-man that came out for the playstation obviously i uh, came out for the n64 in north america they they made it part of the storyline is that oh doc Ock has released his gas upon the city um so that that made sense because you know you're, you're trying to give storyline to actually what's happening in the game this was just black screen and as you got closer the things would start to appear which to be honest you know, if you can you can nail this on a Lara Croft and you can't nail this on this game, it's doomed from the start. Um, it, it was okay. It was... It's not terrible. Um, it's, it's, it's just a bit... It's a bit... Like, there's, there's better out there, you know, from platformer shooters. And it was fun to actually, instead of just talking about this... It's great with this EverDrive because I can actually play it and tell you what it's like. Um, but don't expect it on a Palpatine juice anytime soon. <laughs> Maybe we will start to do unreleased titles. I still need to get Dinosaur Planet sorted. So if you've got a working version of Dinosaur Planet, send it across to me um, via email. The email's done. Anyway, I'm going back to this. I'm going back to this. So, Wipeout 64. We're back. We're back. Now, storyline for Wipeout 64. In a nutshell, wow. In a nutshell, I can't tell you. Because, let's put it like this. You're not racing as racers. You're not racing as the racers themselves. They've created a whole lore behind these teams. So it's like me trying to explain in a quarter of this podcast the whole history of Ferrari and McLaren. Now, if you're not an F1 fan you won't know that ferrari mclaren have especially ferrari have pretty much been there from day dot so these are the sort of longest teams in formula one now these teams so we're going to go through the teams in a second they have hundreds of years of history like there's whole fan sites devoted to these teams like it's so cool i mean if anybody's looking for it go and search wipeout um there's a fandom page or even if you search what wipeout 64 uh storyline it comes up on a sort of a a uh 
a fan-made uh, fan zone for a wipeout and you can click on the teams and you can read into these hundreds of years of history and the great thing is it tries to relate it back to our history because you, you these teams aren't just from planet zod no first of all we've got the federate federal european industrial science and research now this is the thing is that with automobiles at the moment you'll know that most Formula 1 teams are based upon our automobile franchise. So, you know, if you're looking at it, McLaren, Ferrari, Mercedes, Alfa Romeo, um, you, no, uh, well, Renault, Alpine now, which is their sports... It's, it, but Alpine are still a brand. Um, you've got most of them are developed around these brands, yeah? Now, the great thing with this is, is it's, it's bought... Well... In the future, racing won't be done by a a company that's producing cars. It's being done by people that are trying to... Scientific breakthroughs. You know, they're floating ships at the end of the day. So the great thing behind this is, is that all these teams are science research labs. So as I said, you've got uh, Fissier, I want to say they're called, uh, which are blue, yellow and white, which is a European team. You've got the anti-gravity system, uh, or anti uh, or AG systems, uh, which is the Japanese team. Um, you've got uh, Aruicom Arui Arui Research Industries, which is the US team, which is red, white, and blue. Shock. Um, and then you've got Quirex uh, Research and Development, the purple and white team. The Russian team. And then there's an unlockable team, which is, makes sense as well because they are a developing country. And in a hundred years' time, we could be saying that they're world power, which is Brazil. So Piranha Advancements, uh, or Piranha 2, um, because I'm ass assuming there was a Piranha 1 in the other games. Now, I mean, I could sit here forever and tell you everything I was reading, but... It was like reading, because me being a Formula 1 fan, that's the only thing I can relate it back to, is that it was like reading the history of a Formula 1 team. And for that, I'm going to give the storyline to Wipeout 64. Now, this is just the law behind Wipeout. I did not know about this law. It was incredible, and I was trying. To, I was trying so hard to give you a snapshot of this, and I was like, "Cause he's telling you who created the company, like literally takeovers." And I mean, like, it's so good. Oh, who thought that Wipeout? said so if you're a Wipeout fan, I apologize. Apologize if this sounded like, "Oh well, I didn't expect it from your game," but no, I'm impressed. It's so cool. I'm a bit jealous. Um, no. Wipeout 64 with the first Jinjo for storyline. So, let's go in to gameplay. So, gameplay. Now, these two games are very similar in how they handle. So, so they're both space racers going very very quickly that's the best way to put it so that's the end of that section i'm joking um so let's start with X extreme g so extreme g you're going around on plasma powered bikes
No, not Tron. It's not Tron. It's not Tron. Um, but it's going at mind-blowing speeds of uh, 750 kilometers per hour. Now, all the way through this, um, as I said, remember, 8 megabit byte cartridge. Because this was before F-Zero. This is before Episode 1 Racer, which technically are the only two games quicker than this. Um... I mean, to bear that in mind all the way through this, because, and bear in mind that this is still what we consider the early, the early games of the N64. The, anything 1997 is the early games of the N64. They're the games that we will say have aged. But in the way of gameplay, this game has not. Now you've got 13 tracks, 13 tracks of, you know, normal standard tracks. With a mixture of ah, it's a bloody roller coaster. So yeah, it's 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 you've got loop to loops. You've got you know upside downy bits. You've got oh, it's it's very very cool that it keeps you on your toes and very much that Mario Kart eight feel of that. Am I on the floor now or am I upside down? <laughs> which I love, which I love. And to be honest, F Zero X does the same when everyone's been at that moment with F Zero X where you want the sort of the spider part of the track sorry not spider the snake part of the tracks and you're like am i gonna come off of this upside down or am i gonna crash and die um i think the, the great thing with this is is yet again bear in mind this is an eight megabyte car is that it had more tracks than the original wipeout and wipeout xl combined which is incredible um, obviously, it's taken very much inspiration behind that Wipeout, um, which uh, it was meant to be competing against. Um, and and But at the same time, you had this element of what had started to appear from uh, the original Mario Kart, where these kart games that were trying to make it so it's not just all about racing. There are other things to trip you up, and it very much took... Um, inspiration from uh mario kart and uh timber tiger racing hashtag justice for timber um it, it's it's very much got that feel of you know weapons and the pew 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 and you're not just worrying about getting to the finish now with weapons themselves you've got multi uh homing uh slash reverse missiles you've got uh, magnetic slash uh, laser mines you've got shield power-ups you've got special weapons even flamethrowers to the it's, there's so much there with you've got the special weapons in the way of the invincibility the phosphorus uh, flash the willy warp which just sends you back to being dead last um uh, there's there's so much going for this game in the way of the power-ups and you've then got your normal sort of shooty pew pew lasers in there as well as well as you having three times nitro power-ups to give you speed boosts from the start so at the start of every race you're getting those speed boosts as well um around the tracks which is a mixture of cities and caves and just it, it doesn't just make you feel like this is the same track over and over again um which you know with f-zero it, it it does very well on the sort of the last sort of championship that you go on to that it can just auto generate any track to look like anything but at the same time everything looks a bit samey with this as i said remember this is an early title the amount of detail that went into this is absolutely incredible we'll go into that more in the next section 
So, gameplay. We've got more traditional championships. You've got your time trials. You've got quick races. You've got shoot 'em up modes because, it, you know, you, this is this console was built for multiplayer. You want four-way split screen. Uh, if that's racing, if that's shooting each other to hell and back, you want all of those modes put in. Um, just a bit with the four-way. Um, I have obviously put stuck in four controllers to have a look what it looks like. I have sent it through... Um, what's known as uh product testing which is let my eight-year-old son play in it and tell him let him tell me what he thinks um i'd just say about the four-way it's a bit squinty now you, you do get this with n64 games um you know we'll, we'll go into them as we go through our histories and uh battle for jinjos but this one is a squinty affair um it doesn't help that i've just changed my glasses and before that those glasses i could start to tell that everything was not in hd when i was looking at it so that didn't help either um and now we, uh, i mean this is what i mean by the basis of that this is an early game it controls so so well now i claim obviously knew about this controller um, they did have a one-up of, um, you know, um, Psygnosis, Psygnosis that, um, you know, that, that they had a controller that they knew the controller. They'd been worked with it many times before. Um, now, Wipeout 64. It's, as we just said, my my awe of the, uh, the, the F1 feel to this because there's, like, history behind the teams. And you definitely get that with the basis of what you're fighting you're racing against this isn't space robot wars this is literally um you are in a ship and you're racing around six tracks uh you've got so many different landscapes in there going around greenland you know south america north america oceans volcanoes cities building sites you've got you've got so much thrown in there with that level of detail again and this only came out a year after so uh, obviously we come to that midpoint in 1998 where the graphics do make a jump up but looking at both of these games the detail in them are fantastic uh like extreme g it's it uses weapons to help you now at this point i'm doing some lovely speech marks help you um now the reason is because you've got loads and loads of weapons in there a really good amount mines you've got uh epac uh, shielding you've got autopilot which is like your bullet bill for anybody that is a mario kart fan you've got your turbo boost your rockets your missiles electro bolts you've got your shielding in there you've got your quake disruptors and you've got your special weapons like the mini guns uh which are used by fissure you've got the she uh shield shield Raider, um, which uh, destroys uh, somebody else's shields from AGZ systems. You've got the Energy Sphere, which is used by Uricom. And then you've got the Power sh power Snare, which is used by uh, Quex. Uh, and then you've got the Stealth, which is used by Piranha 2. So each team has its own unique special weapon. Now, the reason why I was saying to help, um, you, again, speech marks, you know, audio platform, um it's because it, good luck in knowing what you bloody have so if you haven't picked up this game for a fair while it's gonna get you some getting used to and actually what you've picked up because it gives you that little symbol so it gives you triangles and dots and it's, it's in a square sort of platform which is cool it looks like you know it's not just giving you a picture of a rocket but you have to get used to what you are collecting 
So that's that's one thing that's quite annoying because you're like, do I use this yet? Um, because as you know, if you play any of the kart games, you don't just use it as soon as you get it. You want to be using it as as soon as you, you know, at the ideal opportunity. Now, also with the tracks, there is no GP mode to this game, which I think is a really, is a bit of a letdown because this game handles perfectly. And I mean, the game handles perfectly. Uh, it, it, it's beautiful. It makes you go, ah, it makes you feel familiar. You, there was a bit of memorizing the tracks and you, you do get that and you, you want into better yourself better yourself better yourself better yourself and that's what i did on a stream not too long ago i sat there literally just tried to better myself every single time and it it, it gives you that and it gives you that enjoyment even though you're not winning every time it still gives you that enjoyment it doesn't make you want to throw the controller across the room but it doesn't have that gp mode so you can do all the challenges you get you, you know you've got memorizing the tracks so you got you know bettering yourself every time but does it have that comeback ability? Because you've got that comeback ability with an F-Zero because you just don't know what track it's going to give you next. But even that, even the normal tracks, you have that comeback ability. And I will get that on a T-shirt one day. Um, and if I'm honest, when I've been playing these games, because as I've explained, especially in the last podcast, when I explained a bit more how I did do these uh, Battle for Jinjos, um, so if you haven't listened to the end of Year Spectacular, go and give it a listen. Um, but I, I, I sunk in a fair few hours to both these games. I would say Wipeout gave me a enjoyment of, you know, a day's worth of playing. And then after that, it was a bit like, oh, it doesn't need a championship, it needs something back to. The comeback ability with these games was Extreme G. Extreme G... They both have that enjoyment of going so quickly, um, just looking beautiful. We'll go into how it looks and sounds in a minute, but it, it had that feel that you wanted to come back and play this again. And Wipeout did to an extent, but it's still like you haven't got anything to show for what you've done. You know, there's, there's bragging rights on these games. There's bragging rights. And you don't get that with Wipeout 64. And as always, I say, I do not do this purposefully. But making it a draw, getting the second Jinjo, is extreme G. It was a hard one. And I had to be, I had to scrutinize. And it does come back to that element of you've gotten, apart from the challenges and the time trial, you've got nothing to say, this is what I've done. You know, there was an element of when I, I remember doing everything on 150cc on Mario Kart for the first time and then show my mates, you know, oh, oh, look, I've got a gold trophy on 150cc with uh, Mario Kart uh, on every single race. Look at me, I'm great. Um, there isn't there isn't that with this game. There's nothing to say, oh, well, I've, I've done this challenge. It's more of that multiplayer experience and it has got a good multiplayer experience, but same time, Stream G wins it. So let's go on to sound and graphics. So here we go. Everyone's favorite with this console. 
This is where we talk about compression and <laughs> how much you can fit on a car. <laughs> Everyone loves this. This is what you stick around for. This is what you stick around for, me talking about compression and shit. <laughs> Now, let's start off with how it looks, and then we're going to go into sound. So, how it looks, obviously, as I keep reminding you, 8 megabyte cartridge. Um, now, if you're playing this game, you will notice... Oh, sorry, Extreme G. We're talking about Extreme G, sorry. If you <laughs> didn't actually introduce what I was doing there, sorry. Um, so, yeah, so you'll notice that in the distance when you're playing this game is there's fog. Now... I claim I've got a bit of a reputation for fog. Now, people like to use, like, on a foggy day, I see everyone going, Oh, look, I'm in Silent Hill. I always go, Oh, look, I'm in Turok 1. <laughs> because I claim, because of that game, I've got a bit of a reputation with fog. Now, there's a little bit of fog, but I, I, I've got to admit, it didn't take my uh it didn't take out the enjoyment of playing the game it's not as noticeable as an odt as i was saying where everything's just black in front of you and you're like oh okay you know it doesn't take away from that uh, get that all and if we're talking about games that i bought up what i played in croydon with daytona it's an n64 podcast get away Anyway, so if you look at the Saturn port for that, that literally had everything appearing as you're getting up to it. <laughs> you know, that that was quite noticeable. But at the same time, still enjoyable. And then this comes down to that category. Is that, yes, you have got that fog in, but it's still enjoyable. It's done in a way that it seems natural. So, and also, you are in this wasteland of a... Um, you know, an earth, and you're, at the end of the day, not physically there in person. It still annoys me. Um, but I think this animation's really, really smooth as well. For an early N64 game, the speed that you are travelling at, as I said, third quickest game on this console, uh, the, the speed that you're travelling at to be able to have that amount of good frame rates that it goes along and, you know, it keeps up with itself. Um, it, it is very, very, very cool. And the detail on the environments and the vehicles, um, which is surprisingly cool. Now, obviously, as I said, keeping up with itself. Frame rate, slow down. Um, it, it's, yeah, I, I played the uh, I played the PAL version and I noticed, um, uh, actually, I, I checked this off of uh, Glenn. I, I like it when I go and watch um, Glenn Plant. And I watch his videos, I'm like, yes, he noticed the same thing as me. Because I noticed in the second to last level, there was a bit of slowdown. So I went online and I downloaded the, um, the, the, mo uh, the, sorry, the ROM of the NTSC version. Just thought, thought right, let's get, let's get this right. Is this just PAL or is this everything? It is everything. Um, it does, does have a bit of slowdown, which, it, you know, Glenn says in his video that it, it makes it so... You know, if you're, you're judging someone can trying to get that perfect race, it puts you off. I didn't have that, maybe because I've never really looking for a perfect lap. But I, I think with me, I think it just noticeable on that basis of, oh, 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 because I, I, in my head, I'm going, this is doing so well. So it more likely was because I was prepping myself for a bit of slowdown. Now, music wise, oh, my God, this soundtrack. 
Oh my god! As I keep telling you, remember that this is compressed. This is compressed down to an 8 megabit cartridge. This is great. Like the, the soundtrack to this game is ruddy lovely. It's really good. And I'm sort of just talking all over this, at, uh, uh, over it. I'm sorry. Not sorry. But um, I mean, the soundtrack, it's got this techno feel. Uh, obviously, the 90s, you know, techno music, dance music was very much coming to its own in the 90s. And it, it takes you back to that. Now, obviously, they didn't get the big names that we saw on Wipeout with Prodigy and all that in the uh, PlayStation uh, version we'll go into what happened on the wipeout 64 version in a minute you know we, we didn't get those big names but it's had such a banging soundtrack and the sounds of the vehicles and it, it didn't make you feel like you were there even though technically you weren't because you're playing remote controlled from another planet because you killed the earth oh, still not over this um but no i, I think that how much they squeezed into this car and we're going to go on to wipe out in a minute because they had to do something to because they tried to compress so much onto this car i think that it was such an achievement it's so good it's so cool how much they got into it um wipe out 64 then now as i said there was a there was a, what very rarely on a N64 game do you get something that PlayStation owners we all not in agreement and was the bane of their lives loading screens now that's one thing that being an N64 fan I used to take the mickey out of my friends now you know I am a lot older now I, I, I say it to wind people up and get a laugh more than I do because I mean it with let's say saying Final Fantasy 7 yeah um, I used to wave around one cart and go, well, this is on one thing where you've got several CDs and you have to remember what CD's going to go and need next. And, you know, you have to faff around with that. And, you know, or, oh, look at those lovely loading screens. You know, I used to wind up friends so much that had PlayStations. And it was it was more that argument of what was better, Ocarina of Time or Final Fantasy VII. I'm an adult now to tell you that they're both Hi. fantastic. I just think that Ocarina of Time is the best game ever because it means so much to me childhood-wise and, you know, uh, nostalgia, I suppose. But, no, I used to take the mickey out of it quite a bit. So to see an N64 game with a loading screen, that was quite interesting. Now, I, I went and had a little look in the anthology and that gave the reason why there were loading times. And that was because of the compressed music. So, basically... It, the CP, it gave the CPU enough time to decompress that music and make it really vibrant. So if you don't know about compression, here we go. So when you compress a music file, it makes the it makes it sound tinnier. Hi. You know, like I, I compress this down to MP3 format just because I haven't got a couple of hours to download a WAV format. Which is fine because you don't need to hear the different levels in my voice. It does actually mask out a bit of when I occasionally blow into a microphone. It, you know, for a podcast, that's fine. I can compress it down to an MP3 format. It's not gonna, it's not gonna hurt your head. Yet if you do that with music, obviously, if you listen to something on a vinyl, it's just beautiful. Yeah, there's a difference. Or when you have vinyl, proper amplifier, proper speakers. We're not talking about one of those suitcase vinyls. 
you know, they 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 will sound tinny because of the speaker quality. Anyway, um, but you no. Know, so when you listen to something, a vinyl through a proper system, it's always going to sound spectacular. CD, anything laser, that's going to sound slightly less, or anything put onto a cassette, that's going to sound slightly less than that vinyl. Then MP3. MP3 is trying to compress it down into this tiny, tiny little file because we used to have tiny, tiny little MP3 players um, that you could only sit, fit 16 of these tracks onto. Uh, I always remember making my set lists. It was actually quite fun. It always reminds me of uh, when I used to do it with uh, cassette tapes. Um, but no, so that, that's what happens with uh, compression is it just, it just destroys that quality. Now... The one great thing about this 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 game, and that was because it had nine full tracks on here, and they're full proper tracks, and the quality is absolutely fantastic. Now, we it didn't have the prodigy, but it did have a couple of people um, who were artists joining the party, um, which were Fluke, um, Fluke, a well-known '90s uh, group, um, and you had uh, the Propeller heads, uh, which is propel heads, propeller heads, propeller heads. We got there. Um, bang on uh, with the song. Bang on. Um, so we we had and uh, fluke with the very well known song absurd. So you you had these you know tracks in this game, which is fantastic to jam them in. But then it was left to someone, well, two people, PC music. Now these two people, Rob Lord. And Mark Banzola, you know, the, these guys, the, Rob, um, I looked into Rob, uh, Rob, the, the, the sort of biggest credit I can see from him is a Amazon uh, movie that came out in 2019, which is a comedy called Troop Zero, but it's, it's about a load of scout girls and, you know, coming up, you know, being those, a typical American story of being the nobody, but come in the somebody it's it follows that normal format but he composed music for that now mark mark was in a band called lucy show um they were a sort of they were banned in the 80s and th- they have quite a following still but yeah yeah it was quite nice to see that a composer come from that pop world into this because usually with computer game music designers they're not they're not anything well pop world they're 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 just that's their job they they make computer game music you know with mark he's he's no he's a he was a pop star damn it (laughs) his music so the lucy show you can go and listen to it now on spotify you can go go and give it a listen never a good idea to play anything more than 30 seconds that's on a bloody spotify is it oh dear anyway let's go into how wipeout 64 looked it was a similar fogging um but didn't have the same slowdown i didn't have the same slowdown with wipeout uh 64 that i did with uh with uh the extreme g and it looked a little bit more polished it looks, you know, that we, we say this, the 1997 games, 1998 games, there may well be five years uh, in how games looked, compa- uh, vice versa. We'll come into this next year as we hit those 25th anniversaries of some huge games. And I say huge games because the, the theme for this bloody podcast may well be influenced behind one of those games. And I can't wait to do that. Um, I think it's going to be 
split over about five podcasts um i can't wait i'm literally so excited for next year but no and i think with 1997 and we'll get this with some of our mini histories as we go along this year 1997 to 1998 there was a huge difference in those games and in fact some games that were in development at this time that were meant to have an early 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 life uh that did not get their release until until 1998 looked aged when they came out that's all i'm gonna say dma design uh will come on to you in your own little mini history shall we but no there's there's so many things happening over the 25th anniversaries over these years but i think with with wipeout 64 to bring it back to that it, it was it was a beautiful game it's a bit dark in areas but nothing you know nothing um too noticeable and um yeah, I, I think that it, it still looks sharp. It still looks nice. So, this is a really hard... And to be honest, so was last year, Joe. Uh, it's, it's literally... It's trying to really be... Scrutinise these two games. Really scrutinise them. So, let's go on to who I think won this. Now, I, the graphics and sound has to be... Wipeout 64. Uh, it, it's a hard one. It's a real, it's a real hard one. Um, I mean, th- this is going to be one of those ones where you know they're going to get. I'm going to be typical centralist that I am and sit on the fence. These both these two games could be winning this right now. They're both. I've really enjoyed this battle for Jinjos, but there needs to be a winner. Um, so let's go on to what you thought and what. The critics fought. So without breaking the fourth wall, uh, obviously, I I write notes. (laughs) So with the critics score, I know... Who has won already? Yeah, so I already know because I had to go find what the IGN scores were. Yeah, so hopefully you haven't done that and this isn't going to ruin it. But I know that if I announce <laughs> something like this, we're going to announce it in a specific order. <laughs> so we're going to start with you guys. Hello, hello, you lot. Um, I just want to apologise. Sorry, I forgot again, did I? Can somebody remind me on the Discord? Just prod me. Just go, Cliff, we want to talk about the game. Uh, so I put up the vote for Extreme G and Wipeout 64. And we've had 24 of you vote, which is not bad, seeing that it's only been up 24 hours. So thank you. Um, so... We've had two comments as well. James Station 64. Go and give him a little go and give him a follow on the old Twitter. Go to it. It's J Station 64. The letter J Station 64. Go and give him a follow. Create some lovely uh, YouTube videos. Played FIFA 64 so I don't have to. <laughs> I'm sure I won't get away with that. <laughs> I'm sure you're gonna have to I'm sure you're gonna have to play it at some point. I haven't, I, my excuse is still like, I haven't found a cheap enough cart yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Extreme G, without a doubt, I never liked the Wipeout games, despite loving uh, futuristic races. Extreme G was face-melting fast and one of the few games I ever 100%, uh, 100%ed. And I think the first N64 game I ever played, which is quite cool. 
And then 64 Enthusiac saying that this first ever game we played. Now, talking about retro enthusiasts, especially N64 knowledgeable people, like you've got the Glenn Plants, who are the obvious one, but then you have good old retro ads, Timpson. Timpson, friend of the podcast. God, I need to get you on this year. Um, he was meant to be on the mini history of Zelda, and then something happened, and then he couldn't make it, which is sad. But anyway, Extreme G over Wipeout 64 all day. While 64 is good, it lacks the magic of the PlayStation 1 game. See, with me, I never played the PlayStation 1 version. Um, so I don't know. All I've seen is video. So I have to, all I have to go off of is video. That's it. In fact, I'm looking at my PlayStation Classic in front of me. And now I'm feeling like a bit of a dinlo because I think it's actually on there, isn't it? It's where you're going, yes, Cliff. Ah, sh. Hi. I could have played that, could I? If <laughs> 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 I didn't win gameplay anyway, Extreme G won gameplay. <laughs> oh, I didn't play it. Oh, sh- anyway, <laughs> but no, thank you very much, guys, for uh, for uh, commenting there. It's always nice to see more and more of you comment. It's really, really nice. And to be honest, I usually get get more more comments than that, but it's usually not up for twenty four hours. Um, and to be honest, 24 of you voted. Uh, that's incredible. So thank you very much. I uh, really do appreciate it. But remember, if, if you haven't noticed the week before, if I say I'm going to do a battle for Jinjos and it's the Friday before the uh, the normal podcast goes out, so obviously it's bi-weekly, then uh, yeah, just, just send me a gentle nudge of Cliff, 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 the vote. Anyway, so... Winning the vote, 54% to 46%. Blinking heck, this is split. But I'm not surprised by, by the winner. I'm really not. By what I've been spoken to everyone going, oh, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I'm not surprised by the winner. The winner, 54% of the vote. And your winner, your Jinjo, is Extreme G. <laughs> I'm not surprised, actually. I thought more people would vote for Extreme. I thought the percentage would be higher. I really did because, yeah, I think there's... I think as somebody going back to play these, um, as I said, does does Wipeout 64 have that comeback ability? It, it's impressive. It looks beautiful. It plays beautiful. Um, the sound's beautiful. The music's brilliant. The sound, The sound effects on it is brilliant. But then the gameplay overall... I think that's what makes the game, isn't it? You know, we've already said about Silicon Valley. It doesn't look like the prettiest game in the world, but the gameplay is what makes you keep coming back. So let's go on to what the critics thought. So first of all, IGN. So if you don't know already, I take this off of what IGN scored each game. So Extreme G. All in all, Extreme G is a slick arcade racer that provides yet again the acclaim a a but it's that that acclaim but lame is that's highlighted uh was a joke uh you won't be hearing uh, again for a while so it's it's basically saying acclaim have actually done something good which is nice 
Uh, the control and frame rates need a bit more work, but the number of tracks and the pure speed make this game a standout from the rest. If you like simulation and a more realistic racing game, you might want to rent it first. But if you want to feel like you're blasting your little brother out of the sky with laser limpet, a laser limpet mine, and I'm sure there is a isn't. <laughs> I'm sure there is not one older brother who hasn't at least considered this option. Get this game. Now, after that. I was expecting it to have a higher score. I thought, oh, 8.5, 8.7. But they gave it a really conservative 7.9. Now, before we go on to Wipeout 64, let's go on to Units Sold. So, Extreme G sold 590,000 units compared to Wipeout 64's 430,000 units, which is, it's 100,000, more than 100,000 units between the two. That's, that's quite big. It's quite a big margin. It's 100,000 units between the two. Guess, guess where the Japanese market might have come into play. So, here we go. Wipeout 64. Ever hover through a tunnel at 100 miles per hour, looking to blow something up? Want to try it? This futuristic racing masterpiece is an update on the popular games Wipeout and Wipeout XL. You'll negotiate hairpin turns, take stomach-churning drops, and brave gargantuan jumps as you try to blast your opponents into dust with your arsenal of weapons. Using anti-grav hover racing vehicle, using an anti-grav hover racing vehicle, you'll have to do more than move fast to keep your opponents down. With so many impressive tracks, such original gameplay, Wipeout 64 has a place in any N64 library. So, another, uh, in fact, a spotless review. I'm not saying that these... I'm not saying that Extreme G could have beaten this, but I think that 7.9 is still too low. I think it should... 8.5. If I'm saying giving it a score, it'd be 8.5. But I would not score Wipeout this high. But I think that's me looking through 2020 vision. Get it? It's 2022. I can say that! Yay! Anyway... Looking with 2020 vision. <laughs> anyway, um, these <laughs> God, I'm just go to hell, aren't they? Anyway, so winning the final Jinjo and winning this week's battle for Jinjos with a 9.1, the winner between Extreme G and Wipeout 64 is Wipeout 64. Closing book, Sam. Aha! Books. Book core. Oh, what's happening to the binding? Oh, it's coming off a bit. Is that you, dog? Been chewing my book. He's on the floor. He's waving. He's not. He's a dog. Why would he be waving? Anyway. Ah, that was, that was nice. I enjoyed that. 
It was a really fun battle for Jinjos to come back with. So thank you, 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 and you, especially you. You shouldn't be doing that while listening to the podcast. My sock's falling down. I'm going to pull it back up. There you go. Ah, that feels better. Um, so what's coming next time? In two weeks' time? Well, we're not going to be doing a battle for Jinjos. Ooh. So I'm going to announce two podcasts. Ooh. Because we have got Battle for Jinjos coming up, but not this time around. So, in four weeks' time, we have our next Battle for Jinjos. And it's between these two games. E-I-E-I-E-I-O After football we will go When we get promoted Listen to us sing N64 I can't think of a song Da 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 Yay We're on to football games It's football game time It is ISS 1998 What a game Oh this is going to be so much fun This is going to cause so many fights (laughs) I would split this down to this podcast. There's a couple of you that are like, uh, okay, it's going to be four weeks time, but uh, maybe maybe this is what I miss. <laughs> and there's there's some of you that are like literally got your back up and you, you are creating your thoughts of which side of this battle you're going to sit on. And you're going to literally sit there and you're going to you're going to defend you're going to defend your game to the hill. So ISS 98. Oh, God, I'm creating a monster. And then we're facing off against this game. If no one knows, Blur is my favorite. Ah, uh, oh, sorry, that is my favorite band. Uh, are my favorite band um, of all time. And uh, FIFA '98. Yes. Ah, oh, Road to Road to the World Cup. If you want the full title, FIFA '98 World Road to the World Cup. Um, this is gonna be fun. Four weeks time. Four weeks time. But. What are we going to do in two weeks' time? Well, as I said, I have started to accumulate some names for some guests coming on. And our first guest coming on to this podcast is Consumable Pete. Uh, he's a lovely bloke, a member, a moderator for Cultaholic, just pure, lovely gentleman and a really good streamer as well. Um, so if you want to know who Consumable Pete is before then, go and find him on the old Twitch. Okay, go and find him. Twitch, Twitter, go and find Consumable Pete. Go and find out what he's about before you listen to my little chat with him about the N64 and how N64 came into his life. And he's he's an American friend across the seas. So you might have it, you know, different views. You know, we've had it with Amorpha in the past. And she like to, might like to think she's American, but she's pocket ninja. 
Shit, it's on fire! Get... Put it out! Pocket Ninja. Say, what, every time she's on this... <laughs> You're still an Essex girl. Get over it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's me done for another podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, remember, if you want to come and join me before in two weeks' time, you can do. Don't worry. Come and join me on Twitch on a lovely Friday, on a lovely Sunday, where we will be playing uh, all sorts. Scooby-Doo, if you listen to this now on a Friday, and it's not 8.30 yet, you can listen. come and watch me play Scooby-Doo. It's a really crap game. It's really pants. I really don't like it. I just want to stop playing it. Phil! Least, least the rules are that Phil can't nominate it again for the 30 days after this. Can't nominate a game. Phil, if you're listening, you can't nominate a game twice in 30 days. This was brought in because when I started playing Custom Robo, uh, we were getting Custom Robo fans that were like, ah, play Custom Robo again. No, we've just been playing every Sunday. Um, and talking about Sundays, we will be playing Sin and Punishment on Sundays. 8.30 till 11. Right. I love you always. You can catch me on the old Twitter uh, and the old Instagram at N64LifePodcast. You can come and follow me on the Twitch, N64LifePodcast. And if you want to come and talk to us all in real time, then go to the links below and you will see a lovely link in there for the Discord channel. So come and join us over on the Discord channel. It's a lovely place. It's a bit quiet at the moment. Uh, I, I should really be talking on there more shouldn't I? I should. Actually, I've been talking to them a lot yesterday. I should really come and speak to you lot. You know, you guys speak. You're, you talk. You talk. Stay away from under consultations Discord. Ash, Ash is the controller of you all, isn't he? I thought you had my backs. Anyway, if you want to come and uh, you want to be on the podcast, if you want to be a guest on here, if you just want to chat SHIT about anything N64, then drop me an email, n64lifepodcast at gmail.com. Or, or if you're in Spain, .com. Right, we're ready, we're off, and I shall see you all very, very soon. of endurance, reflexes. It's a test of bladder control. It's Wipeout 64, hyper-intensive anti-gravity racing with weapons. Wipeout 64, as fast as speed gets.